You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Listener Questions Live on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. It's been a little while since we've done this episode, but we are back answering your questions, the questions burning holes in your minds about the Cincinnati Bengals. We will give our quote-unquote expertise and commentary on what we feel are the best answers to give you all for the questions about the Cincinnati Bengals that you may have as they are gearing up for training camp. I am Anthony Cazenza. Joined as always by John Sheeran. John, how you doing, buddy? It's been uh, it's it's been a couple of days since I've seen you, but you're you're still looking great, my friend. Yeah, man, I miss you guys. Um, yeah, it's opening day in Cincinnati, and I spent it hassling with FedEx's hiccup of delivering my router to my apartment that I have not moved in yet. So it took an hour out of my day, but I ended up getting a UDF shake. So netted out as like a net positive, I would say. Okay. Well, hopefully you got that sorted out. I've had my own adventures with FedEx recently in the form of, um, well, there's a specific sporting apparel company that I've had a little trouble with getting some packages. It's been a little, little lengthy before I got my some of my packages. I'm still waiting on one, but uh, I know there's the COVID crisis. I know there's a lot going on. So I'm being trying to be patient, but like you, John, I've, I've had some frustrations there. But we will be getting to your questions. We've already got a few teed up, given to us on Twitter. You can get those to us, whether it's at BanglesOBI, at John double underscore Sheeran, or at CJ Anthony CUI. We'll be monitoring those. We have live chats going in the YouTube and Facebook accounts, whether it's the OBI YouTube or the Cincy Jungle Facebook account. So we'll be getting those. Uh, we have a call and text line, 949-542-6241. So get those over to us and get on the air. We have a comment thread on Cincy Jungle. There is a post there that you can leave questions if that's the way you'd like to do it. We also have an email account, theobinsider at gmail.com that we'll be monitoring. So get us those questions. We'll get to as many as we can. We'll be here for about 20 minutes or so and get to as many as possible. So, John, I guess... We will start. Let's start with our friend, the Bengal at the Bengal Four on Twitter. He's the guy, by the way, that is, has started a fantasy football league wherein the winnings are do, are uh, going to Joe Burrow's hunger relief fund. So, if you have some questions about that, you want to get involved and maybe do some things that are charitable at the Bengal and the number four on Twitter. Why is it the Bengals don't do videos like other teams? do in terms of hyping their fans showing all the rookies coming into the building and do you think we get some sort of video series on training camp similar to the way the reds did truth be told john i did not see the reds video per se as we sit here today kind of had some things going on i will say this the cincinnati Bengals this offseason have seemingly stepped up their social media game in general uh now 
where it was prior to this offseason was yikes. And I shouldn't talk. I'm not the biggest social media guy myself. But I will say they've made vast improvements. They have done some hype-up videos, but I still think they're a little behind the curve as opposed to some other NFL teams, wouldn't you say? So is is this question referring to, like, filming Joe Burrow walking into the stadium and, like, putting in After Effects and everything and, like, putting it on Twitter? Is, is that, like... I, I think that's part of it. And just, just I think a lot of consistent, uh, you know, maybe him putting on the helmet and or like, you know, you've seen the one where he's in the LSU garb and then he puts on the helmet and then it turns into Bengals. Someone created that one. That was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I, I think what he's kind of saying is this is a very exciting offseason. There really isn't a lot for a lot of people to do because they're either out of work, furloughed, all that kind of stuff. So they may be paying more attention to this kind of stuff. And it's just easy to criticize the Bengals. So I think that's maybe where it's stemming from. I don't want to put more words in his mouth, but maybe I guess just more on a consistent basis rather than just right after the draft and just showing up to training camp. Right. I think fans just want anything right now because training camp isn't going to start for actual training camp, like the practices and stuff. It's not going to start until like mid-August. So players are just now reporting, and I think, fans just want anything that they can get right now but like you said last year we had the schedule release being displayed by the mascot who day strolling around cincinnati on a scooter on a brazier yeah oh God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the Bengals are 15 years behind on basically everything so social <laughs> media is it kind of goes with that territory so they're catching up I, I think we all want some things to change in that regard but i don't maybe we get something now that this is like a, a rookie that's marketable in ways that they haven't had in a long time. So who knows? Maybe when Burrow shows up, they'll, they'll have 10 cameras on him and they'll release some video. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, not the expert to comment on this though. I would, I would assume that, you know, once these guys are at practice, particularly when you have a number one overall pick, you'll, we'll be seeing a lot more hype videos, but uh, Hey, give it, give the people what they want, I guess is, is what the Bengals saying. Where do you want to go next? Uh, Jesse Ambler in the Facebook comment section is telling me to put on a shirt. I can only take off the shirt. I can't actually put on another layer. So unfortunate for that. Um, but let's let, let's stick with the uh, the YouTube comment section here. Uh, Chad Hellier from Facebook is asking, what positions do the Bengals go pick up after waivers, or I guess when they're eligible to pick up somebody from waivers? Um, that depends on what the roster looks like when that happens. Right now, they have to cut down a handful of guys to get to the I think proposed 80 man roster limit right now. They're at 84 injuries will happen in training camp. Minor ones, hopefully at, at, at the most um, they're really deep right now at, at offensive line, defensive line and linebackers, just in the sense of just general bodies. They only have, I think five safeties, um, seven running backs, I think eight or nine wide receivers. So it's going to depend on who gets hurt. That's kind of ha- what happened last year when a lot of running backs went down, they ended up uh, signing some P Ryan and, I think Leroy Reynolds off of waivers at, at linebacker. So it's depending on how the position groups look when that time comes, specifically to, uh, pertaining to how injuries kind of affect those groups. But, you know, I think in general, you would like the, for them to add more offensive line talent, but I think they're going to wait and see how those guys progressed, at least in the early parts of training camp. There was a, another question that we received that kind of piggybacks off that. So we'll kind of, double team this question, you know, let's say somehow we decide to add a, an offensive line via free agency. I know, I know we won't, which would you rather guys 
go sign the best offensive guard on the market, sign the best right tackle and cut Hart, sign the best left tackle, move Jonah to the right and still cut Hart. Well, it sounds like cutting Hart is what Luca P really wants at on Twitter at VLP31. I think a lot of people right now are just kind of disenchanted with Bobby Hart uh, or Robbie Fart, as John affectionately calls him. Um, in light of a lot of different reasons, not just on field play. There are a lot of things to not Bobby's kept fans at an arm's length this off season to put it nicely. So, uh, and he's not keeping defenders at an arm's length. See what I did there. That was good. So, you know, kind of playing into the last question and Luca here, what, what would you say is the best route for the Bengals? Get the best offensive guard and leave the tackle situation alone or get a tackle and either move Jonah or, uh, you know, get a right tackle and, and leave Jonah at left tackle and supplant the right tackle spot or leave it as it is. Well, they have questions at both positions. I think you're confident just rolling out Jonah at left tackle, see what happens this year. You have a lot invested in him, just see what happens. You have two unknowns really at, at guard. You have someone you think is going to progress in Michael Jordan, someone you think is going to revitalize his career in Xavier Suofilo. And you're essentially putting all your all your eggs in the basket of Fred Johnson beating out Bobby Hart at tackle. If that doesn't happen, then you have a ginormous hole at right tackle, and that's probably where you would look first. Right tackle spot's more important than the right guard spot in terms of value, in terms of how it can affect the offense as, as a whole. Um, but unfortunately, there's just not a lot of able bodies to pick up at that spot because everybody more teams are looking for right tackles than there, than there are teams that have established starters at that position. It's just a bad position to have a glaring hole in, and they've had a glaring hole there for the past couple of years now. Um, I don't want to move Jonah necessarily. I don't want to see how he does at a position that, that at one of the two positions that he's been at for his entire college career, either left or right tackle, just stick him in a spot and see where it goes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind them picking up a guard because again, they could use more talent there, but, I think with the situation right now is if, if Fred Johnson doesn't progress the way that we all want him to progress, then that's probably the bigger hole and that's where they should address it. I, I agree. And I think that for me, I, I, there was a, a point where I'm like, you know, you may, if you're the Bengals, you may want to look at a, a more true left tackle and maybe move Jonah with the supposed shorter arms to right tackle and, and try that out. But my, my thing is the Bengals were such a mess on the offensive line, particularly at left tackle last year. There were so many musical chairs of moving guys in and out. You've now got a rookie quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a young quarterback that while he, one of his best assets is his mental fortitude and his mental strength uh, as, as a quarterback. The last thing you want to do is create chaos on the offensive line, move guys around all over the place and swap guys in and out, particularly in season and create a potential disastrous situation. So leave Jonah at left. Maybe if you think you can find a right tackle improvement, whether that is Fred Johnson, whether that is someone that ends up being a late cut out there, do that. Um, you know, the Bengals have collected a lot of guards over the over the past couple of off seasons. And, uh, you know, I don't if there is one out there that is a huge, huge upgrade, then you may want to look at that. But for me, I think it's kind of like, you know, if there's a tackle out there that seems to be a moderate to large improvement at the right right tackle spot, even if that means over Fred Johnson, then do that. Otherwise, let's try and keep some continuity and see what you got, particularly with Jonah at left tackle. Where do you want to go next, John? I think we got a text from Antonio, and we're going to answer right now. Do you think Gio Bernard will be cut? 
And are there any updates on potential contract extensions for Joe Mixon and William Jackson III? Um, I guess the the first part, I think it's possible. I wouldn't say it's probable or likely in any regard. I think they still value his Gio's leadership and his ability to supplement the snaps that Joe Mixon takes off. I want to I want to see what their roles are in this offense because I think you have a guy like Mixon who can be very much what Clyde Edwards Hilaire was in the LSU offense last year. A guy who doesn't really do well blocking, but can be split out wide, be used uh, as a receiver, be used in the, in the type of run packages that Burrow and that offense succeeded in last year. And then you have Geo taking on the rest of the roles and whatnot. And he can still be used as a receiver as well. The prop, the, the, I guess the whole genesis for this is that there's just a lot of depth in that running back room. And it also comes with, you know, is it really smart to extend Mixon when you have all this talent at running back or is it just smart to give Mixon the money now and cut and cut Bernard and use that money that you save to end up paying Mixon. I mean, they can survive regardless of what route that they take with this, but I don't think that Bernard's getting cut unless he just proves to be so much worse than what he has in in the past years. I think as long as we don't see that, like a, a severe regression of, of his abilities and his production, I think his, his spots stay safe regardless of what they do with Mixon and with William Jackson. I think the plan is for them to have him play out in, in his contract year and try to earn another deal. I don't think they're ready to give him a another extension until he proves to stay healthy and, and at least return somewhat to that form that we saw in two, 2017. Short answer for me. Do I think Gio Bernard will be cut? No contract extension for Mixon. Yes. Contract extension for William Jackson. The third, no quickly on Gio. This, the one thing we talked about on Wednesday's show, the 80 player limit, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects a position group like running back. Do you still go with four running backs at that position group? Travion Williams, by the way, was just interviewed by my co-host along with Daddio and Hoji this week. So check out that pretty entertaining interview there on the audio podcast slate. But he's in the mix. You've still got Rodney Anderson. Is he a pup guy because of his knee injury? And then that way you kind of got some flexibility because of the lower roster count. I don't, I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing. I know Gio Bernard was a captain last year for a reason. And I think, you know, he's just a guy that they they value and, and rightfully so. So I don't see him being cut. Like you said, John, it's possible, not probable in my estimation. I think Mixon gets done. William Jackson falls in that John Ross camp a bit to me. The injuries, you've seen the flashes of greatness, not so much from Ross, but you've seen the flashes of greatness from William Jackson. Just can't stay healthy, just can't be consistent. And he's in a contract year. So you've got guys, you know, kind of like the A.J. Green situation, John Ross, and now William Jackson. There are a lot of guys that have a lot to prove this year to see if they're going to stick with the Bengals long term. But good question from Antonio there. Let's uh, go with an email from Sam. With the weak tight end core the Bengals have, why don't they try and do a one-year deal with Jordan Reed? Well, Jordan Reed's been injured a lot. I think he's had a lot of concussion issues, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't done a lot of research on him, but I think he's had a lot of injuries, a lot of talent, and he's had some uh, quite a bit of success in this league. But I, I think that the injury issue, and, and unless it's something super affordable and unless the Bengals either show that Sample hasn't made the leap, Shrek and others aren't doing anything on the back end of that position group, I don't think that this is really a scenario they want to explore. I think they're ready to go with CJ Uzama and uh, Drew Sample as their top guys. 
uh, again, like the Bengals are in a position where they need to cut down on players right now. And I don't mm-hmm. think that they're in a position to sign someone who hasn't played since AJ Green played in 2018. I think with Reed, he's the guy that you want in the facility as, as, as for the least amount of time as possible. If you are so desperate that if, they're, if their tight end group looks even worse, if it's decimated by injuries, if Uzoma and Sample are stinking it up in the middle of the season and Reed is, is still out there and he's maintaining this health and he's putting in training work and whatever. If, if you're in the middle of the season and you need a tight end, that, it wouldn't be the worst idea to get Reed a call. Right now in training camp when you're having him practice for a couple weeks before the season begins, giving him more opportunities to get hurt and you don't really need him until, until you do actually need some type of in- injection talent. I think you're just best to stay away and just run the course with the guys that you have. I agree. And before we get to the next question, John will choose here. Just want to remind everybody that this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, one of the podcasts in the great Cincy Jungle podcast channel, a top 40 iTunes podcast channel. So uh, check out our material. Check out the material of Sorry If I Spit When I Speak, where John Sheeran Moonlights is one of the co-hosts with Daddy-O and Hoji. They've had a lot of high-profile Bengals guests as uh, on the show recently, so check out that podcast. You can also check out Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. He's put up some great film review posts on our YouTube channel as well that, that can be found on CincyJungle.com. And then you can also get Orange is the New Black, the podcast from Ace and Zim. So check out all those shows how you can and get the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, YouTube, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. John, where are we going next? Oh, man. It's been like two and a half months since the draft, and we're still getting questions about Thaddeus Moss. Chris Hubbard is asking if Moss is going to get cut. Robert Obrecht is asking if we would pick him up. My, my opinion on him has not changed. I don't think our opinions on him has changed. And unless he becomes someone completely different and provides something that the Titans that they have now don't have, there's just, I, I don't see the value in him other than just him being Joe Burrow's personal assistant. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, yeah, I don't see it either. Uh, unless again, there is something, an injury that occurs to uh, somebody significant at that position group and or the guys at the bottom end of that position group just do not, do not show uh, enough that they are NFL caliber tight ends. And oddly enough, we're talking about Jordan Reed, a former Washington football club member and 
now Moss, who I believe is also with Washington now as an undrafted free agent. So we're talking about Washington tight ends galore, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it happening. And and by the way, Zach Taylor's offense when he when he was helping it out in LA with McVeigh, that was not a heavily featured. It was not a, a tight end heavy type of offense. Um, they, 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 they were afterthoughts. Unless right. you have a George Kittle there, you shouldn't be prioritizing just getting as many tight ends as possible. Right. So we've got a call on the line coming in here. Let's see who it is. I think I think I know who it is. This is the Orange and Black Insider Listener Questions Live. Who's this? It's Terrell. Terrell, I thought it was you, buddy. How you doing? How you doing? It's been a while, my friend. How, everything going all right? You staying safe? Oh, yeah. Everything going all right. Uh, I know we we trying to keep clean over here. You know how it is. But uh, I, I just wanted to say that uh, they they knocked it out the park with this draft, though. And and um, I really do believe in Joe Burrow. And um, I, I just hope um, AJ Doobie or Larry Fitzgerald to retire here. I know it's gonna be uh, but and the thing about it though is just like if we pay him and Mixon, uh, we all know uh, John Ross ain't gonna make it because of the money and we might he might have a big year he might ask for some money but uh, Jackson might not make it either and I just want to say I'm so glad about this linebacker core it, it ain't fun at least these guys want to uh, run around and tackle and I just want to say just give Zach a chance and. See what his play calling is, and see what the line is, and uh, and let's go. All right. Well, thanks, Terrell. Thanks for checking in, man. We'll uh, we'll talk about your comments off the air. We'll we'll see you next episode when uh, we answer some more questions. Happy to have you back. Uh, yeah, uh, you too. Y'all, y'all been y'all been the best. I just want y'all to know that y'all been stand up, gentlemen. Y'all the best. Ah, thanks, man. I don't know about that. Talk to our friends and family. They may say otherwise, but appreciate it, man. Take it easy. <laughs> Uh, good friend Terrell. You know, the there's a lot there to I, I, the two nuggets out of there that I took. John, number one is about John Ross. I think he, Terrell kind of said, "Yeah, he's he's gone after this year." Regardless, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I kind of think that that probably is the case, regardless of how much he he balls out this year. I don't know, but I I, I just think that there's maybe. A little too. If if the decision comes down to Green and Ross, and they both played well this year, I think Green probably is the one they choose. And then the second part is, as we sit here, you know, three about three months after the draft is completed, are you still that as excited as you were in April about the prospect of this class? I love Terrell because he just talks. He just opens his mind without even asking questions. And we, and we we create questions for him. Exactly, exactly. It's it's the best it's the best type of scenario. I'm still really confident about this class. I think it was good from the start. It's good looking back now. Of course, it's silly to just judge draft classes after right after they happen or just three months after they happen. I think they put themselves in a great position to handle the wide receiver core going forward. They see what they can do with Green after this year. I think there's good communication on both sides to get the deal done. I think they put himself in a great position to let Ross play out to see what his value is at the end of this year. If he gets hurt again, there's a there's an avenue for him to come back. But if he balls out, then they have a chance to, you know, have him test the market and maybe get a compensatory pick back because maybe they just don't trust him to do it again and stay healthy. But with this class, I think you you add three linebackers who provide you coverage abilities and athleticism that you just didn't have in the position groups. They're gonna have four 
new linebackers make the week one roster. They had four linebackers on the week one roster in total last year. I mean, self-awareness is not something that the Bengals exhibit very, very consistently, but credit is due where credit is due. You know, I, I, I like, again, starting the draft with, with the emphasis on offense, obviously going with Burrow, but complimenting him with the second most valuable position on offense and a receiver that he can grow with. That was smart. The linebackers that I brought in can provide value and can, can eventually become starters on this defense, even if you don't need three starting linebackers on the field at the same time. Obviously, there's reservations about how they handle the offensive line, but they're throwing all their eggs in this basket with mostly baseless hope. And maybe some maybe some heads will roll if things don't work out, and maybe they do work out and they're just proclaimed to be geniuses, though. So with the way that they handled it with the draft, I think you can still look back on it with confidence that – Four or five years down the line, some of these most of these players will continue to be on the team and be impactful members of the team. There, I, I kind of think that the pressure on Lou Anarumo to even get this defense to be average this year is is up there. I mean, there were five that I can count high profile acquisitions via free agency or the draft at linebacker. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about the three in the draft, and then you talk about Austin Calitro and Josh Bynes in free agency. I mean, they weren't messing around. They, they, so, you know, now maybe not all those guys make the team. Maybe they maybe they all do, and they don't, you know, they're not active or see playing time all at the same time. But, I mean, that's a big overhaul of one position group. And, uh, you know, I think the, the pressure is on Lou Anarumo with all these new pieces to at least, even though they're young and they're new faces, I think the pressure's on there to at least – get the defense to be somewhat respectable. Where are we going next, John? We'll be here another couple minutes before we get out of here. I kind of want to make this a two-part question because Brandon Jacobson in the Facebook chat is asking for our predictions for a record. And uh, we also got a question on Twitter from Bengals John, great name. Um, he's asking if the season last season was played a thousand times, how many wins would the Bengals have gotten on average? So for, for starters, what do you think? Do you want do you want to stick with your record prediction that we made in May, or do you think you're going another way with it? Well, I I struggle to remember a little bit of what exactly what I had in May. I think I had about I think I, I had us at seven and nine. I think something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still comfortable with that, and I still think you know, given the I think the playoff bracket expands this year for an extra team per conference, so. You know, that could even at seven and nine, it could have the Bengals at least late in the season sniffing the postseason and uh, not making it. You know, I think they'll they'll sniff 500. I, I think that there are a couple of different ways of thought for me in terms of the record for the Bengals. One is they'll start slow and end hot because there's so many new faces and the way that the, the preseason is going to be played out. Training camp is going to be played out. They may need some time to get their feet under them. Part of me also looks at the schedule and sees the difficult part of, of the beginning, easy part of the middle, difficult end. So maybe it's the middle stretch that they show some growth and the more difficult parts of the schedule they stumble. But I still think, you know, if you have seven wins, and, and I think seven wins has you feeling pretty decent about the direction of the team if they're pretty competitive. You know, they, they had a, a lot of games last year where they lost games by one possession or, you know, nine points, something like, you know, very manageable scores. And that was with a team that was decimated by injury, a rookie head coach. And that offseason was also a mess for a variety of reasons. So I think if you get seven wins, you're feeling pretty good about the direction of this team. And and uh, I've told people, I think they'll be scrappy this year, but 21, 22, look out. 
I landed on six, I think, when we went through the schedule. I have no reason to really change that right now, other than just looking at the schedule and maybe flipping back and forth between a couple of games. Six to seven is about the range that I would predict. Um, whether that's fourth or third in the division, I don't know, but I don't see them topping the Ravens. I don't see them winning more than two or three games in the division, and that's largely going to dictate what the record's going to be. They don't, they don't play just they don't play a cupcake schedule despite being the worst, despite coming from being the worst team in the NFL last year. You still play teams like the Texans and the Cowboys and I think the Colts as well, who should be on, on the rise again. Like the, uh, the division is tough in itself, but the 10 other games that they play out of it, like I don't see them winning more than four or five of those. So I, I, again, six wins is, is progress from last year. And specifically when looking at last year, you know, they won two games. They only won two games, but they lost eight games in, in close games. We've been over this countless, countless times. Teams who are that unlucky, who are that unlucky in close games in one year, typically bounce back from an overall record standpoint. Improving from two wins to six wins is still a four-game improvement. That's that's still trending in the right direction, even if it's not at the eight or nine-win mark that I think most fans are looking forward to seeing this year. So I think if they, if they played that season a thousand times again, they're not going to be zero and eight. More more than like a hundred times of the simulation. So I think on average they probably win about four or five. But then you don't get the first overall pick, you don't get Joe Burrow, and you don't have an opportunity to make the twenty twenties the the decade for the Bengals. So I, I think it, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunately very unlucky, but it, it turned out to be a positive for the long run in terms of what they got. So before we get to that, we got we got to get Mike Mike Donahue's question here. Good buddy Mike Donahue good friend of the program and for all of us on Twitter talking about uh, John's legendary stash. It was almost, almost as legendary as Ken Anderson's of the 1970s and eighties, who, by the way, Ken Anderson was on this program. Go check out that interview. Nice shameless plug by me there. How many women do you have to fight off John? Cause of that stash. That's A lot. Mike Donahue's wondering. A lot of them. And I, I purposely shaved like the entire beard and kept the stash for when Ken Anderson was on. I was hoping he would give me some props for it for the growth of it but honestly i'm just gonna speak i'm just gonna speak frank my mustache and my beard grow at different like lengths in terms of in progressions and how they grow so i don't want my beard to be like long like it gets after a few weeks but when i shave my mustache it takes longer to grow back i think i need to join like one of those beer clubs to get like scented oils to make sure that they grow at a consistent rate but this is unfortunately the end product of how i have to shave my beard to make sure that it's even and and full by the time I want to be in public next time. So I don't mind if a few hundred people on Facebook call me out and then call me a seventies porn star, but that's just the way that it goes. That was mentioned by the way. Uh, So uh, I'm going to offer up one more. And then if you've got some more that you see that you maybe want to get to before we get on out of here, this is from Mike Holbrook. He actually asked us this on Wednesday. It wasn't really kind of part and parcel of what we were talking about that, that night. But I, I told him that, we would answer this on our listener question segment and is how does it work if draft picks aren't signed and they, and, or if they shut down the season prior to them signing, what happens to them? I, so this is kind of unprecedented waters. I will say this, that as we sit here on Friday afternoon, the Bengals have signed five of their seven draft picks. Unfortunately, the two that have not signed are their two top picks, Joe Burrow and T Higgins, but the rest of the group has. So I I think they still hold on to those players but i don't know if they re-enter the i don't know how that would work uh my assumption is they'd probably make up some some rules based on this unprecedented situation this isn't necessarily a contract holdout by the players it's just they haven't been able to come to the facility they haven't they just haven't been able to do it from a very general 
amateur understanding of how this works. I believe that the team still has the rights to the players, regardless if they sign or don't sign the right. contract. I don't know what the deadline is for those rights to be expired, but I can't imagine a pandemic shutting down the NFL and their ability to play games would expire those rights under normal circumstances where it, it may under like however much time passes. I think as long as like it, it, it's, it's under this situation, I think they will continue to hold on to their rights. I don't think they would re-enter the draft. I think their rights would just be extended for a certain period of time until they have the chance to sign and work out that situation itself. So I don't think these players go onto the waiver wires or become free agents. I think the rights would still be held on to the teams themselves. I, I agree with that. And I think, like I said, I think that uh, the league would probably come up with some sort of, you know, rules with that based on this being just such a different situation than, you know, a normal contract holdout. I'm not playing for that team type of thing. It's, it's <laughs> so uh, any others you want to get to before we hop on out of here, John? Yeah. Uh, we had one from Jake underscore NFL. That's, it's a new name. I haven't seen in a while. Um, how are you? I mean, Jake is the host of the lock on Bengals podcast. And about a month ago, I asked him how he was on his listener questions. And honestly, it was just, that, that was when in the beginning of June when things were looking pretty bleak in America. And I just, you know, it's like, you know, we, we do these listener questions and it's mostly about football, but it's never really just about, there's never really any personal questions. And I appreciate Jake kind of returning the favor. I'm, I'm okay. You know, it, it's weather's nice. I'm moving in a couple of days. I'm getting everything sorted out for that, but things are moving really fast, but things are starting to feel a little bit more normal, especially talking about football and football returning. But there's always just, you know what, what's going to happen next that that will derail everything that's kind of in the back of my mind and maybe your mind anthony as well but I'm, I'm i'm hanging in there i'm doing good i'm i'm okay as well could be better could be worse i think i've you know there's been some uh ups and downs in a lot of different respects of life right now but uh i'm doing okay i hope all of our listeners are doing okay i hope jake is doing okay even though he didn't really poignantly direct that question specifically to me, I think that was a, a question to John. I don't know what where he. I'm not seeing it in the live chat, but um, at any just, rate, just because he added me on Twitter doesn't mean doesn't, he doesn't want to know how you're doing. Okay, okay, well that's good. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate uh, Jake checking checking in with us. Jake uh, is a good good friend of this program and a good friend of. Um, you know, his, his show is a great show as well for the Bengals podcast network. He is locked. He hosts locked on Bengals with J James Rapine. So obviously, um, you know, that's a great program as well. So appreciate him checking in. I guess John had to take off there. Not sure exactly what happened, but at any rate, we are going to get out of here again. You can get this show and the other shows along uh, all on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. This show, the Orange and Black Insider, Matt Minix Chalk Talk. Sorry if I spit when I speak with John, Daddio, and Hoji. Orange is the New Black with Ace and Zim. All of those are available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's the respective YouTube channels for each one of those programs or iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, CincyJungle.com, all of those platforms have the audio available for all of these shows so get the show how you can thanks for tuning in everybody uh hopefully hopefully you're 
some for some of you, your workday is ending. Maybe you've started happy hour. For some of you, maybe you're just getting through lunch. But hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.